Welcome back to another episode of the Shorts and Goggles podcast. RJ Liggins and Kevin Reed here on a Monday night. Uh, we just watched the, I didn't see the game, but we just watched the Bucks get absolutely demolished by the Nets to go down 0-2. And uh, kind of a lot of other stuff happened to happen since the last time that we talked. So Kev, first off, how are you doing today? Hey, uh, happy Monday. Happy, happy June. Gotta love it. Yeah, we um we did. We took a hiatus to give you time to breathe. Um, but two weeks shorter than the amount of time we needed to process uh, the Zags. Yeah, exactly. So we're back on track, basically. So hey, we're improving. We're getting better. So we're all good. So this is our last conversation. The following teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. That would be the Los Angeles Lakers, the Portland Trailblazers, the Miami Heat, the Washington Wizards, the Memphis Grizzlies, the New York Knicks, and I think that's everybody, right? Oh, and the Boston Celtics. So, essentially, what we're going to do is our quintessential shorts and goggles uh, MO, if you will, yes. where we go over a visual that you guys can't see. But trust us, it's there, but, you know, you can't see it. But we're going to talk about it, so it's like you kind of can. So, this is something that Kevin found on Twitter and it's more or less like a matrix, I would say, of, of where teams landed once they get eliminated or, or depending on elimination, this is what it means for them. So on the X-axis, right, you, Kevin, you're the teacher. That's the horizontal one, right? Yes, it is. Good job. All right, cool. Hey, yep, hey, that Gonzaga education really coming in handy right now. Yes. So on the left side of the X-axis is kind of expected to lose round one. And then the other side of that is what? So that is basically saying should not have lost on the Y axis. Now this is a, a cross situation. Basically you got at the top of the Y axis, soul searching and meaning that basically teams trying to find their identity or their soul. Sort of like what we talked about earlier in this season. And at the bottom of the Y axis is the stay the course. So Kevin, I know you got your matrix pulled up here. So which first round loss you want to start with as far as figuring out where that team is and if it actually lines up with where that chart has them at sure um well since i'm stealing this from kevin wilds who hasn't been on simmons in a while but was a has been a frequent bill simmons guest that's my obligatory ringer reference there we're doing a couple things gotta Um, do it right off the jump here let's start with boston then in celebration of that yeah because they're on the the left they're on q1 i'm like remembering all these math terms man oh my god you just dropped q1 on people yes shout out to david wagon blast not only my uh jv basketball coach but also my math teacher in high school he'd be very proud of me right now so in q1 kind of in that top left corner is where we find Boston. So they very much were expected to lose round one and also at the top of the chart for the soul searching. Kevin, some shit has happened since the last time that we talked. So let's talk about the Boston Celtics, where they're at, some of the things that they are moving towards. What does this mean for this organization? Their soul, they, they were more in need of a soul search than like I I guess I anticipated. So this, this chart, I think was more accurate than I would have put it. Um, if when this is made on May 24th, this chart did a better job of representing the situation because, as we know, uh, Brad's going to the front office, yeah. Danny's out, 
Mm-hmm. And the Celtics are going to go for a, a new head coach. So very clearly, they're in need of some soul searching here. And we did we did speak to this. We did speak to like just how watching Boston this year was odd. It's like stagnant, just stale. Like yeah, yeah. They they gave off very stagnant, stale vibes. Uh, they they of course beat the Nets in one of the games because Jason Tatum's really good at basketball. Mm-hmm. But without his his amazing talent, like they weren't they weren't going to beat them any other way than Jason Tatum showing up and playing at a Super yeah. Saiyan level. I'm pretty sure the last podcast we recorded, I said something to the effect of the Celtics can only win if Jason Tatum scores 50 points or more and score 50 points and they won. Kevin, how many times did he score 50 points in that series and how many wins did the Celtics have? That, that he, he threw up a one again. We're on I did. I did this. R- RJ on just brand. described a, a visual in an audio format. <laughs> we are on brand with this. So, but so pretty much outside of Jason Tatum playing out of his mind in the, especially once Brown got hurt too. Brown getting hurt. You can't yeah, not this, talk about that. Yeah. This team seemed like a far cry of what they were, you know, last year as an Easter conference finalist. Even before that, I mean, think they went to three Eastern Conference Finals in the last four years or something like that, right? Yeah. So, Kevin, there's a lot of changes happening now. They look like they're recognizing they need to start soul-searching. So, if you're the Boston Celtics, now you're Brad Stevens. First off, okay, what goes into the decision to put Stevens in the front office after his run as a coach? And as far as I know, not being in any kind of administrative or – whatever role. Now that's the great mystery, man, because there was a lot of chatter about um, like the Indiana Hoosiers job. Mm-hmm. There was that. Um, there was more than one occasion. Internet rumors had him being the heir apparent at Duke, which that situation yeah. came up with coach K going to have his last year is going to be next year. Yep. And they're naming John Shire. They're coach in waiting. Very surprising so, to me of all the guys out there. But I guess he's the only one that stayed close to the, the team, I guess, uh, out of like all the shots uh, of Titus and Tay. We're just going to do all the, the greatest hits right now for sure. We're playing all the hits. But, in this first 10 okay. minutes. But that's when we – okay, when we have a college basketball episode at some point, I do want to talk about how – that struck me as weird. The okay. there is so many ex Coach K assistants floating around in the ether who would jump in a second at the Duke job. Why are yeah, not why, even assistants? Why are we, why like are we going John Shire? What? Do, yeah. Anyway, right, anyway, let's, let's put a pin in that. We'll hold on. Point that. being, point being, Brad Stevens had an oppor- was linked as a potential candidate for that job. He was yeah he was because I don't know people were not there was like something was off with Brad. He's getting college offers so. I, maybe this was the only thing that would have kept him in the Boston organization. Mm. Um, maybe Danny had like a – Danny knew he was going out, but they loved Brad. Or Brad knew that Danny was going out. And his whole thing was like, hey, I'm done coaching, but like offer me – so back channel whisper, whisper stuff. I found I found this all – and probably Brad may have leveraged these college situations. That's my speculation. I guess that makes sense. 
the Celtics have always been pretty big about keeping thing like the continuity part of it, like trying like being a lot like the San Antonio Spurs in that sense, where even after Red got done coaching, like he was still involved in the front office for years, or still involved with the Celtics for years, you know. Same sort of deal with Danny Age. Danny Age, you know, spent a majority of his career in Boston and then comes back and started in the front office in 2003, 2004. So basically around the same time that 50 Cent came out, that just gives you an idea of like how much time has fucking passed uh, or the start of LeBron James' career, how much time has passed since Danny had been in the front office. And so even Brad had been a head coach for, shoot, okay, so he went to two Final Fours in like 10 and 11, right? And then what started coaching the Celtics in 13, 14? So that's like eight, seven years, basically, yeah. that of a head coach. And, you know, the only other people that have had that kind of tenure have been Pop, Terry Stotts until recently, Carlisle until maybe recently. And that's really it. Oh, it's Spolstra. So four guys have been with one organization for an extended period of time. Um, and we were texting when we got when we saw that this was happening, that it's like they needed a change like badly like something needed to to get shaken up or change whether it's brad whether it's danny whether it's both you know the celtics had become this odd underachievers while still overachieving sometimes like it, they were in a really weird situation where it was really hard to evaluate where they should have been and where they ended up and if i look at that roster like at the start of every season and i said all right the celtics you know should make the conference finals three times out of these next four years. That's one thing, but I don't think that ever really happened. I feel like every time they were there, they, they just kind of like got there. And then all of a sudden now there's this expectation of like, okay, we're going to take this next leap the following year. And it just never happened. How fair or unfair, or I guess, how would you evaluate the, the past five years or, or maybe just the Stevens tenure uh, as Brad as the head coach? I would say that he had a good run as an NBA coach. He was a he had a he had a good run. Um, it's going to be nothing to particularly note. Um, I think he had a good run as an NBA coach. The you you said it with all the like, let's call it we'll call it what it is. Final four appearances, mm-hmm. fitting to say that as his former role in the NCAA. Sure, yeah. He had a lot of N- NBA final four appearances. He did, and he that's did. great. And in in that level, it's rewarded. Making the final four, making the semis is great. It's just a little bit. It's a little bit. It sounds different in the NBA. Totally. Going to the yeah. And there's what so only I, one of those years where they were expected to actually win the whole thing. And of course, Gordon Hayward breaks his foot the very first game. Kyrie gets in like and a whole bunch of crazy shit happened. So it's like realistically, he only had one year where he was expected to be like a title contender, title winner. Yeah. And he had some weird there was you saying that's fair, man. There was some weird breaks for those Celtics teams. So very clear, very clear that they have some soul searching to do. Mm. I don't know how Brad's going to be in the front office. 
I that doesn't alleviate the soul searching to me. It'll be interesting to see what they do with their head coaching position. Yeah. And I, I can't think off the rip of anybody that like jumps out to me. I mean, Terry Stotts might be the guy, maybe, that uh he just got relieved from the Blazers. So that could be a guy. There's also like a lot of assistants out there right now looking for their first head coaching job. I'd be surprised if they went that route. I feel like they would want to grab someone that's established right away and try to try to leverage the fact that they do have like Tatum and Brown and who knows who else for the, the rest of the, the season. How weird is or what is the impact potentially of Stevens being in the front office and like having pretty close relationships with these guys, or at least closer than he would be as a GM coaching some of these guys? Potentially. I don't know what his relationship is, though, you know? Well, I think of a guy like Gordon Hayward, who he was really close with. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it was a secret that his departure, you know, like it, it stung a little bit differently or whatever. But it's like someone like a Marcus Smart, for example, like I'm sure Marcus isn't the easiest guy to coach, but it's like you also love coaching a guy like Marcus because, you know, he's going to just like bust his ass every night. So you going to do some dumb shit from time to time. Like, yes, but that's part of the package. You know, you'd rather have that and a guy that tries his ass off versus, you know, a guy that can do all these great, amazing things, but then you got to question his effort night in, night out. But I mean, he was with Marcus for what? So the, almost the same amount of time that he was coaching. Yeah. And now he's got to make the decision of like, Hey, do we move off for him or do we give him an extension? So I don't know. I agree with you. Boston is still very much in soul search mode. Um, I think they still got a few years before they, they start to kind of resemble what we have known them to be over the past decade. Yeah. Um, I'm you want to switch to the Blazers? You just yeah. mentioned Terry Stotts. Can we can we just take like two seconds to just talk about the 55 point of course, double nickel yes. game? Oh my. So I've seen some, some pretty amazing performances in basketball before, and Dame, especially in that first overtime, is something I don't know of I've ever seen before. Like that was absolutely unapologetically insane um why did he start passing the ball is my question like that, that is the one thing i'm just like he should have went for fucking 70 and won them the series so amazing performance like even in a loss i still think that's like one of the most memorable performances we'll ever see and probably something that we'll talk about for a very long time oh yeah he's he didn't lose the Portland Trailblazers lost that series. Yeah. Damian Lillard did not lose that series. Damian Lillard actually won that series. Um, surprise. Like, he, who comes out of this series more of a winner, the Nuggets or Damian Lillard? Arguably, <laughs> the, it's Lillard because the MVP, <clears throat> excuse me, MVP or Dame Lillard. Like, yeah, Dame. Un- yeah, no, yeah. Dame. Um, because as this, as this chart is saying, Portland also soul searching. But, and, they were like right in the middle of expected yeah, to lose. Which is fair. I think yeah. I think this is accurate. This one, this one I think I I would have agreed with in May. Losing in that first round. And as a as a Portland resident, RJ, you might have more ears to the ground on this, but like had the it was it was kind of time for Terry Stotts. Like and I don't know if this is anyone's fault, maybe, but and I like Terry Stotts a lot. I yeah. feel like it's just one of those. It's like okay, it's time to move on. 
I think it was a combination of some things. I think it was injury. Injury played a big part of it. Um, Blazers were very characteristically for them hurt throughout the season. Yes. Um, there, I mean, the biggest thing I think from a coach's standpoint was that Stotts just like he never made things easier for Dame necessarily. You know what I'm saying? It's like that, and that was the craziest part of the 55 point game was like everything was fucking hard for him, and he just didn't miss. That was the impressive part. It wasn't that like this guy's getting to the line 20 times and you know, he's just blowing by people and doing all kind of crazy shit. Like every every single shot he took was heavily contested, basically, and he was just hitting them. But then, you know, Denver basically just starts selling out on him and treating him like a lot of teams treated Steph and basically like, hey, as soon as he crosses half court, we're doing hard doubles and we're going to bet that one of these other motherfuckers can't beat us. And guess what? They were right. <laughs> that was exactly what happened. So, you know, Stotts didn't necessarily make it easier on Dame. What Stotts had, though, was the buy-in from Dame. He had the buy-in from CJ. Um, you know, he had the buy-in from those guys, and those guys liked, like, loved him, liked him a lot. He came from the Carlisle tree, which, you know, Carlisle is still the coach of the Mavericks after now winning a playoff series since they won the championship, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. But same sort of deal was that continuity, that consistency. But I do think Portland needs to really consider. I don't know if a massive overhaul is what they need yet, but I mean, I think changing up the coaching, maybe changing up the front office too, the GM, I think could be a good look for them. Am I ready to break up Dame and CJ? No, but you know, I don't know, man. There's, there's a lot of question mark. I mean, that's why they're so high up on the soul searching portion of the charts because there's just a lot of questions with that team right now i love the pieces of that team yeah like i love the portland roster yeah um which to me so from my perspective um i could see this if done correctly a doc rivers-esque effect to the sixers that's what the Blazers are looking for and the Celtics, to be honest. And um, which is why these two are like connected on this chart and parallel to each other. Um, the right readjustment could pay huge dividends without really blowing up the roster because I don't think the roster is the issue. I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact they play in the West. Like, the, yes, that's, that's, and you said it too about the injuries thing. Like, Injuries kept them from being a higher seed. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at a, every other team in the West, like, I'm not sure what that change is going to be for the Blazers to get them back up to that kind of upper echelon. You know what I'm saying? Like, the expectation yeah. is that the Lakers are going to be back next year. Now you got the Suns in the mix. You got the Nuggets in the mix. We're going to get uh, Murray back at some point next year, maybe not right away. Clay's going to be back for the Warriors. Oh, there's also the Utah Jazz, the number one seed no one's talking about. Uh, Clippers are going to be still being around. So it's like, if you're the Blazers, it's like, there's, there isn't no, 
it's like what Jensen used to say. There's no such thing as a 20 point shot. Like there's, there is no one magic fix that's just going to turn this team around right away. And, and I'm having trouble trying to figure out like, what exactly does that, like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Does that mean you strip it down to the studs and try to build it back up? Or do you just keep right. running it back just to hope a different coach to your point is able to, to maximize those guys? Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to blow it up yet. I love it. You know what? We'll keep rocking with it too. I mean, because if we can't have Damon CJ on the same team, then just what is what is life at this point? So I agree. I agree. You want to kind of shift it a little bit down to um, your favorite team, the Miami Heat, down here. On yeah, that's the, fine. Uh, on the chart. Sure. Now this one, I have a different thing for you because uh, obligatory love the Heat culture guy here. So, yeah. um. This is why, as I'm describing a visual again, Miami is more as close to the middle as you can get. Yep. So our, our man, Kevin Wilds, said that they're not really soul searching, but they're also not staying the course, which I agree with. Yeah. Um, and then they were kind of a toss up between to, to win round one, which, again, is fair because yep. I know I was messing. I was saying all the time about like Miami owns the Bucks, and they did until the last yeah. game of the regular season and then this series. Well, even in that chart, they are like towards the middle, but they are more towards the expected to lose side of it. That's true. So that's true. So for me, unlike Boston and Portland, Miami needs something here. Um, I think my, I think Miami needs, there's all sorts of, <laughs> there's some interesting Giannis talk. Mm. Like, which I thought we were done with the honest talk, but I've heard, I've heard some Giannis talk um, after, after tonight. I'm not surprised. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unsurprising to know Pat, Pat Riley does like to go big game fishing. He, uh, mm-hmm. he, he, he likes to do that with his rosters. And so I would be unsurprised if you saw that happen again. Now I forget if this was Shannon or various other yelling at people on TV sports shows. But someone was saying that Miami was in the, was talking about Harden was talking with Houston about Harden towards the yeah. beginning of the year. And like, they just didn't want, there's a couple guys that they were like, nah, we're not giving him up. And like, I guess one of them was Tyler hero. And so, Eesh. yeah, it looks tough right now. That, that's, that's a, that's a, and, Noted Tyler Hero, Kentucky Wildcat fan here, but that's a t- that's a tough look. It's a tough beat. <laughs> that's a tough beat in January in, in June as opposed to January, where maybe yeah. Miami was thinking that. Uh, how much would you like to be, have seen Harden on that Miami team playing well, the Bucks? Fun. That would have been a lot of fun, man. That would have been, been great. a lot of fun, man. Would have been a lot of fun. So, uh, are you with, are you with me? Miami's more of like a let, let's take some roster gambles. No, they're they're for sure going to do that because it's it's what they know. They're going to be that team that gets like a like they'll figure out a way to get Brandon Clark away from the Grizzlies and make him into like a near All Star, basically. Yes. Basically, like Bam two point, like what they did with Bam, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're like they're that kind of team where it's like they're gonna get they're gonna get somebody really good, but they're also gonna get that like stealth guy that like nobody's really talking about, and then it's gonna be like, oh shit, this guy's amazing like they're gonna get bruce brown from the nets or something like that and you're gonna be like holy shit this guy's crazy so i don't rule it out um 
this I mean, this one applies maybe more to the Lakers than it does to the Heat, but I like I really do feel like the bubble, man, and just how fast the season got started, like that just changed things so much for those two teams. I mean, it's, it's no coincidence that t- two teams that went the furthest got bounced in the first round and pretty much you can chalk it up to just like being banged up and being in- injured. And Miami also, we talked about at the time was a huge bubble beneficiary of oh, like yeah, they the, built the, the, the court, yeah, the dynamic of it. Like that was the Miami heat special so they didn't have they didn't have those factors anymore i think you're correct that they're they were beat up um look for look for miami to come out swinging and pencil them in to be a three to six seed in the east next year and have a puncher's chance of making the finals because that's what they do exactly they're they'll they will be fine um who's next on the chart oh we're in right in that same area as dallas okay yeah so they just uh lost a not a heartbreaking seven game series, but like a seven game series that they had a lot of chances to, to win. Um, where are we at with Dallas right now? I, I think, well, you, you, have you seen the rumblings about Chris Dops? Like not being happy. Yeah. What an awful time for that. Chris Dops. That's a, I don't, I don't know who's your PR man. Um, yeah. Literally everyone is sweating Luca right now. Mm-hmm. And for you to come out and say, like, I'm playing like I'm the number two guy on this team. No shit. <laughs> you are the number two guy on that team. And you're lucky to have that because I don't know, man. Like, I felt like at times yesterday, a lot of the offense was not going. It, they were trying to get him touches. But it felt like one of those things, RJ, where it was like the coach is like, we better get Kristoff's touches early or else we're going to like, else, you know, yeah, totally. or else it's going to like pouty, pouty, pout, pout. I mean, and there's like, also the fact that he could like get a rebound every once in a while. How many times did he get bullied for a rebound by like Terrence Mann or like Marcus Morris, like dudes that are literally six inches short of him. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I, there was like, what, I didn't watch all the game yesterday. The parts of the game I watched, I was like, okay, they're doing more offense here with, um, with like Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah, and Finney Smith and um, and um, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Incredibly tall, nicest guy ever. Oh, Boban, the guy. Boban, like Boban was like, it's like a major. He played player a lot. <laughs> yeah, he was in the game a lot. Yeah, Boban played a ton. So, and I felt like. Chris Ops, but to me, and you and I speaking from experience, was like they were forcing the action to him. It mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't like within, within the gel, within the flow. So horrible look there, Christophs, because yes, you are the number two option in Dallas. There is a trans and remember when we were calling him the unicorn? Like yep. you still have the potential to you can still be unicorny. Like you are you have that in you, but Luca's like once uh not once in a generation but like he's a generational talent you yeah. know yeah. he's a generational player generational special so D- dallas i think is fair like dallas is the most if anything i would have dallas more towards stay the course like i would have them kind of down um 
I'm surprised they're not more stay the course on this chart because that that's that's really? my philosophy. Your Rick Carlisle stat blew my mind earlier. This episode. Yeah, I forgot where that blew I my mind. Bro. Heard that from, but yeah, that they have not won a playoff series since. I think it was during the game yesterday they said that. Yeah, are we firing won. Rick Carlisle now? No, I don't know if we're firing Rick Carlisle yet, but like we need to do fucking something. That's why I I would say more they're in the soul searching mode. Mm. I would say because. Just what the way the NBA is, is like you can't fuck around with these guys that are this talented. That's why the Blazers are in soul searching mode because they got Dame that's going to be at his peak for maybe two, three more years. He's like 31 now, I think. So he's got got like two, three, yeah, two, three more years of Dame doing Dame shit. Um, Not that he's going to suck as soon as he turns 33, but he's not going to be Dame, you know, at that point. Same thing with Luke. I mean, Luca's young as shit, but it's like Luca's he's 21, already, right? Yeah, Luca's already, or he's like 21, 22. Yeah, he's already, yeah, he might be only 21, but he's already established himself as one of the best players in the entire world. And yes. you know, the Clippers are that team that like you give you give them credit for annually business yesterday, and they actually looked really good yesterday. Um, but they're that team that like they will roll over if you let them. And, you know, they the won't. reason why you guys couldn't do it was because there just wasn't a good enough team around him. Granted, Hardaway had a he had a rough game, but it was like pretty good all series. Uh, Finney Smith is the guy that nobody's ever heard of, but like he had a good series as well. But and Boban was it was weird watching that game. And I was like, God, they didn't even put Boban in. You know, it's weird. Like, right. <laughs> never thought you would say that. Um, at the same time, all those guys I just mentioned, like that. Like they're not your number two, number three, number four guys. Like those are the guys that are like what the Clippers had yesterday with like Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, uh, Luke Kennard, like those guys coming in and hitting shots, like just making plays. Like that's what those guys I just named should be not like main contributors on a championship team. So that's why I think they're in soul search mode because they got to figure out what to do with Hardaway, if they're going to pay him or not. Um, and they guys gotta get better players around Luca. So I that's 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 why I think they're more in soul search mode. I think they'll keep Carlisle based on Cuban's quote. He's basically like, I'm not gonna fire Carlisle unless I know somebody's better, somebody better is coming. And as far as just like potential suitors, I don't think there's anybody better right now. That's interesting. That's an interesting quote from Mark Cuban. I'm like, like, would he have fired? Carlisle for Doc if this was last year. Eerily eerily similar resumes. Um, Doc has more of a resume, but that kind of, what you need is that kind of, that level. Um, You need a, because if you're firing a coach who's won an NBA championship. Mm -hmm. And is now the longest tenured coach, I want to say. Yeah, you, you, Mark Cuban's right. You have to have someone to go. And, and, and to that point, I see you on, Oh man. So is this more roster than you're saying this is more roster than culture for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. More yeah. like they just didn't have okay. the Billies and Joes as a shout out to, uh, to coach again, but yeah, just no, no Billies and Joes, man. Like, like I said, yeah, Dorian Finney Smith, like doing literally everything in his power yesterday during that game. And he was, Awesome. He was great for Dorian Finney-Smith. Ultimately, it just doesn't move the needle as much as if he's the fourth, fifth most important guy on the floor. It said he was the second most important guy on the floor yesterday for them. That's just not going to work. 
It's not going to go. It's not going to go. It doesn't matter how fucking great Luca is. It's just not going to work. Right. So. Okay. I'm with you on that. I'd be interested to see if they do. If they fire Carlisle, I'll be surprised, but that'll be. I would be flabbergasted. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't foresee that. That would be. And then as soon as that happens, if you're Brad Stevens, you are finding, you are finding Rick Carlisle ASAP. And oh, getting, you mean former Celtic champion yes, Rick Carlisle? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what you do. Yes, yes. Jesus, yeah. That that's the move right there. Do we want to keep moving down this line? I mean, looking over to the far left, we got three teams: Washington, Phoenix, and Memphis. Obviously, Phoenix is uh, no longer in on that side. Basically, them and the Lakers ended Flop. up flopping. But just let's go like two seconds. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies on here are peak stay the course, peak expected to lose. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Like they got an a good honorable, thing an honorable showing from the Memphis Grizzlies. You love to see them. John Moran is great. Um, the grindhouse is still there. We all love Memphis basketball. Dude, and, and they, they still got young year. dudes that are going to be around for a while and only going to get better. So they got a good thing going on. Yeah, they're going to be great. Um, let's spend maybe double the amount of time on the wizards. And I don't know. I thought that was, <laughs> uh, yeah, I again, know. I thought they kind of played honorable <laughs> down the stretch. They got into the playoffs. Like, yep. Westbrook Especially with how bad fun. they were in the beginning. They were so yes. bad in the beginning they were really of, bad, of the season. But yeah. But, but I don't know. Like if you're a wizards fan, who like endurance, no, e, is he a Wizards fan? Is that a I have DC no thing? idea? He might be. I don't know. E, are you a Wizards <laughs> fan? I'm trying to. I have like a faint memory in my mind. If you may, I think he's a Gilbert Arenas fan. fan. I don't so. want to speak ill of you, but I you. Okay, you're okay. Regardless, mystery Wizards fan person. Um, I, I'm cool with this season. Dude, for what it could have, what what it could have been, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you got to be happy. With it was that. a roller coaster, but if I had told you at the beginning of the season, yeah, you're gonna get bounced in the first round, um, but you're gonna have, I don't know, like Westbrook and Beal are cool, yeah, but yeah, but you're gonna make the playoffs, but you're gonna lose in the first round. Wizards fan, would you take that? Yeah, you probably would. Probably would. So if probably would. So if I ran, the, if I was the GM and I ran this team back, the exact same team back next year, how do you feel about that? Oh well, now that's different. I would. Say. <laughs> so that's why I think they're like. That's why they're a little bit higher on the social. That's why they're a little bit higher. <laughs> yeah. That's why they're a little bit higher. Uh, yeah, there's nothing to be excited about if you ran this team back. So I don't know who they're going to get or how they're going to get them, but they need to figure that out. I agree with that. Because they're gonna they're gonna end up fucking around losing Brad Beal if they're not careful. So, yeah. So Phoenix is the outlier there. This Phoenix is is the one that is they're down at state of the course, but they're like right there with Memphis for expected to lose round one. Obviously, when this chart was made, I think the expectation was that the Lakers would stay healthy and and just real quick on the we can do real quick on the Lakers. Oh, they probably still win that series if they were healthy. Ooh. They were very unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I know. Just I was the co- tone in your voice when you said that. Yeah. yeah they were they were, they were they very were, unhealthy. I know I was I was on here complaining last episode about I don't know yeah. who their best five is. And the reason why I didn't know is because for half of the season, fucking everybody was hurt. And then that's a good point. 
AD gets hurt in the playoffs. I don't think LeBron was ever back at 100% at any point, really. Um, you know, and, and that's not a cop-out or, or an excuse because that's just part of the game. Um, is worth pointing out, though, just the bubble and the quick offseason. You know, we, we were hoping it wouldn't play a part in things, but just based on what happened with Miami and based on what happened with the Lakers, um, even the Nuggets to an extent, even the Celtics to an extent, um, so because the Celtics weren't ever really healthy, the Nuggets lose Jamal Murray. Those were the last four teams in the bubble. So, you know, it, maybe there's no correlation to it, but I'm just saying. Um, not been out of shape about the Lakers losing in the first round. Um, they're fine. They're going to stay the course, which is where they're at. Um, but the Suns were expected to lose that, and now they're, they're playing right now against the Nuggets. Uh, looking to get to the East or Western Conference Finals. So, what's some what's some thoughts on the Suns and kind of their maybe being ahead of schedule? Oh, they're they're so ahead of schedule, and I love it. Um, as good a chance to come out of the West as anybody, bro. Seriously, it's why not game them at this point? Yeah, who are we? Like, not you're not scared of the Clippers. No, you're not scared of Utah. You're not scared of Denver. Nope. You you're arguing like, I mean, literally record wise, the only team that's better than you is Utah. Mm-hmm. But like, even going down the line, that Phoenix team has. I was I was saying this to a group of friends. Um, they have every piece you want. They mm-hmm. have like if you're if this is the action movie, they're assembling the squad. They yeah. have every archetype of the action movie yep. to a T. You got like the bomb guy. You got the heavy guns. They've got guy, all the guys. You got the, uh, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. we're doing Shea Serrano right now and we're picking roles for like. Yeah, they got the driver. Like they got the stand yes. on, the, on the desk yelling at the bank tellers guy. Yeah. Yes. They the Suns have all of it. So I am incredibly bullish on the Suns. Do and you think. Go on, because I mean, the Blazers' defense was really bad, but like we were we were talking about Dame earlier, but like holy shit, Jokic was fucking amazing in that series as well. Um, yes, if not for Dame's fifty-five point game, we probably would have been pointing out that like Jokic played literally perfect basketball in the fourth quarter yeah. at both both overtimes, uh, but Dame just went supernova, and of course that was the takeaway. So. His his supporting cast isn't as reliable as like the Suns would be, but you know is that is that worth considering? You know that hey, this is the MVP playing at the the peak of his powers for now. Um, you know, going against a team that hasn't really been there before, like does that that give you any pause? Of course it does. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the drama for um, Aiton again though. Like he was fucking great in the Lakers series. Yeah, he was. And when he is healthy or not suspended, not suspended. For <laughs> steroids or whatever it was, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> when he is healthy and not suspended, he's one of the best big guys in the West. And so, yeah. like, obviously, Jokic is better, but more so than Nurkic. Yeah. And I love the Jokic Nurkic duel. And um, the, the backstory too behind that, yeah, yeah, 
it's so good. And we've seen it set, like, I think the, the Nuggets and the Blazers are destined to play each other in the playoffs. They're like the new diet version of like the Heat Knicks or something. Like there's yep. it's every there's, year like, some, they're gonna meet. Yeah. They're just gonna meet in the playoffs and it's gonna be great. And I'm looking forward to it. But love it. I do I think like DeAndre Aiden will not stop him, but DeAndre Ooh, Aiden could very well temper it. I agree. A bit. He is big enough, athletic enough, all that enough. So potentially do the Suns have a way of stopping the Joker? Yes, they do. Will it happen? Not necessarily, but mm. do they potentially have that? Yes. And they also have a better chance of tiring him out, probably, because yeah. Aiden is so active and you know, he, he, we saw what he did to the Lakers bigs, you know, and um, he, he's younger, he's fast, faster, he's maybe as strong, maybe not, but, you know, he's he's got one job basically in this series and like, you know, I kind of trust him to do a, a decent job at it. So I think the Suns too would, would move on. Um, and if they lose somehow, then I think stay the course is definitely where they should be at. Oh God, yes. Yeah. Because they got a good thing going on there. Even if that means paying Chris Paul next year, then you're gonna have to do it. Um, do they your... still have their best medical staff ever or whatever? Yada. Remember the whole reputation about like oh with Steve Nash and yeah, being Grant the place Hill that like and Amar Stoudemire Shaq. and Shaq. If they don't, I would I want to say I heard something about them firing that staff, but that might have been New Orleans that did that, and that's why Anthony Davis left, but who knows? We don't fact check on here. Okay. Um, moving back to the Mendoza line. Um, <laughs> at the bottom of stay the course, but on the line for expected to win or lose, Atlanta and New York. So this was a, yeah. a, considered a toss-up series, and Atlanta ended up smoking New York. Um, does New York stay the course, or are they closer to soul-searching than we think? Also, as of this recording, Tom Thibodeau was named coach of the year. So just wanted to point that out real quick. I would like to, again, make an obligatory apology to the Atlanta Hawks organization for um, smirching them and saying that the Knicks would beat them in quote unquote light work. Um, They took care of the Knicks with light work as Um, the uh, Hawks unofficial chairman. I accept. So, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, I, so to me as Noted Hawks underestimator. To me, that series was much more about holy shit, the Atlanta Hawks versus mm-hmm. WTF New York Knicks. So the Knicks very much are a stay the course to me. Congrats to Tibbs. Um, sure, get some other pieces. Like, is there a lingering thought in the back of my head about like, can Julius Randle be the best player on like a NBA Finals team? <laughs> I, yeah, that is the And I'm question. a noted Julius Randle stan. And of course, I, go Cats. I, I Go Cats. And I will say, of course he can't. What are you talking about? But is there a quiet part of my brain that's telling me, Kevin, he cannot be the best player on an NBA Finals team? Yes. Um, that being said, can Trey Young be the best player on an NBA Finals team? Apparently the answer is hell yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is. As, as uh, he is... I, there isn't anyone who has found a way to keep him in front. 
is there no one on this planet that can do that when it well shout out to uh producer tyler for sharing yes. very much his chagrin about danny green covering trey young for he a majority of game that. one and we saw how that went so not sure what the thing was there doc that was was not great <laughs> it was not a great show it's not a good look um so i liked the thigh bowl adjustment yes have to Real so quick, real quick though, go I, ahead. I do just want to point out though that that choir part of your brain is correct. Like Julius Randle mm. could not be the best player <laughs> on the finals team. I love I love Julius Randle. Once a Laker, always a Laker. Yeah. Um, I remember being very excited when they drafted him, but he's and, and look, he definitely has an opportunity to prove me wrong. But it's just like history would show that it's like the guys that go and win finals aren't guys that just like come out of nowhere. You know what mm. I'm saying? They don't like build into it. They're just like, they kind of are already there. And then they like win some, they lose some. The closest example would be like Dirk maybe, or like one of the motherfuckers from the Pistons, maybe like Chauncey Billups. That Pistons team. Yeah. So that's, so that's probably the closest case study we have for this is the Pistons team. So if you're New York, you hope that those young guys, some of those young guys get better. Um, I still think you need to go big game hunting, though. You need to be like on the same yeah. shit Miami is on, and you need to try to to bring in a big fish now that you guys have a playoff appearance under your belt. What about your namesake living up to his like number two overall pick status and like RJ Barrett becoming? Oh, I was like, I was like Reggie Bullock. Reggie oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, Bullock. <laughs> I don't know that guy. Um, so, our, so best case scenario is RJ goes to that next level next year, and he becomes like the best player. Like he would have more of the pedigree than Randall does for what I was he talking does. about earlier. Yeah. Um, with that said, I don't know if he's going to be there. I know I have this theory that he'll have a better career than Zion, but I think he'll just be. I more, love that theory. I think he'll just be more consistent and will play longer. That like I don't think his star potential is greater than zion's like that i'd be smoking crack if i thought that but you know he has the potential to be like a what's a good comparison here who's like a long time point guard maybe like a tony parker style of career where it's like you know he he makes all-star teams but he's not always up there with the best point guard conversation but he's super fucking steady and you just know what you're gonna get out of him like that's where RJ is going to end up at. And obviously that was missing in this playoffs. Um, but you, you trust him getting to that point more than you trust Randall getting to that, like tier one of best players in the league. Best case scenario is that they run it back and they basically have what the heat did last year was a little bit fluky. Some weird things happen. And it's kind of just like by committee with this one workhorse of a guy that's going to take you there uh, with Randall basically being in the Butler role. That's the best case scenario. That's unlikely. I I think they're going to be very aggressive in the offseason and trying to continue to build this momentum. Mm. Yeah, I'm here for that. Down with it. Yeah. So that's that's everybody a loss, I think. I think so. Except for the late. I mean, we di- we talked about the Lakers though. I don't. I really don't think there's much more to get there. Like disappointing, sure, but it's like at the end of the day, they were all hurt, and that's that's just kind of what happened. 
Um, no, I, I, I need to pick the scab a little bit more. Our, <laughs> are we okay? LeBron watched 2021 as, as LeBron turns, etc. Um, LeBron won a title last year. Yes, he did. Uh, LeBron bounced in the first round. Mm, yep, this that also year. happened. So, is this you, your stance? Is aggressively so? This is a reflection of an injured team. Nothing yes. else. I mean, I was not a huge fan. There, there is a part. I was talking to somebody about this today. Actually, there is a part of me that kind of wish we just ran it back with the crew from last year. Yes. There is a part of me that does wish that. Um, to kind of go over the same exercise that I proposed earlier in the episode, if somebody said we're just going to run this team back next year, I would not be excited. And I would think we need to make some changes. I think the Schroeder thing doesn't work. Um, doesn't work. It was a good idea. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it was fine. I'm not sure if the Harold thing works. Like, Oh, he didn't think it worked. You see his little subtweet? Yeah, no, I saw that. And like the reason why it didn't work is because we never committed to it. Like we kept trying this Andre Drummond, Marcus Saul, like the true bigs. We kept trying that. And it's just like we never really committed to the bit of like Montrose Harrell is going to be our off the bench five and we're just going to do that. Pretty much like what needs to happen is like Anthony Davis just needs to be okay with being a full-time five. That's like basically what it needs to come down to. And as far as like guys that like I want to keep, like Caruso, like definitely is keep them. But like everybody else, I'm kind of like on the like I'm not married to, you know, <laughs> we gotta make some move, and that's what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to trade people because we don't have draft picks to trade. Um, and we don't really have trade assets either. You know what I'm saying? Like Harold and Schroeder. If we didn't sign a trade with Schroeder, that'd be like our best trade asset. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, I don't know if a full-blown retool is needed, but like there definitely needs to be some tweaks. Like if we brought back the same exact roster this year, then I don't have confidence in that. Is there... LeBron's let's do let's do quick pretend we're first take um, LeBron legacy. Yeah. Tarnished the same. It hasn't gotten better. It Tarnished or gotten, the same. Yeah, it hasn't gotten better. It stays the same. I feel like whatever you thought about LeBron going into this playoff or however you felt about LeBron last year, like that's still where you're at. So yeah. if you thought he was trash last year, then you probably they're like yeah he's even more trash if not I'll, I'll say this though man like it's this is the thing we've been counting on for a while it's like the day that he can't just put his will on a game and change the entire outcome we've been waiting on this and now it's starting it looks like it's now here like that that just looks like where we're at right now with LeBron's legacy and LeBron's career and you know like LeBron has only been injured really when he's been a Laker. He had the groin injury and then he had the high ankle sprain. And, you know, this is just how I watch basketball just because I watched Kobe for so many years. Like that's where I get the parallels from. But like there came a point where Kobe started to get so many injuries that you could like, he would still be great, but you could tell like it, it, 
it was a very dangerous like tightrope he was walking on and then of course what ends up happening is he ends up rupturing his achilles and it's Mm -hmm. like if you were watching that season and you're watching those games like you could see that coming like in retrospect you look at that and you're just like shit like the signs were there like he was not quite the same guy you know because he has so many injuries he's trying to fight off so the glass half full take is that lebron gets a full offseason now to recover and increase his chances of continuing to prolong his career but the expectation of lebron james being the lebron james that we have known for a while like we need to kind of we need to cut that back by like maybe 10 percent, 15 percent, whatever it might be i don't know like what do you think about that Which his cutting back by 10% is still incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, that's the only thing I like, that's the only, like, I agree with you. The asterisk I would put by what you just said is like a 10% decline is you're still a top 10 player in the league. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You still can carry a franchise. You still have the you, – you can still will your team to different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, maybe we're just on – and he said it himself about, like, I don't know if my ankle will ever be the same again. Yeah, and, like, I, something I just want to point out real quick, too. Like, before that ankle injury happened, like, a lot of people were saying he should have been the MVP. That's true. So he was still playing at an incredible level. Like what I'm saying though is like, excuse me, there comes a point with injuries where, especially at his point in his career, where it's just like it's just not going. You're not going to come back the same. You know, right. it's it's like you and me now. We're over thirty, and if yes. we fucking sleep wrong, our necks are fucked up the whole it's next over. day. You know, yeah, like, it's over. It's over. So you know, um, yes, to your point though, yeah. If LeBron James is is only seventy five percent of what he was last year. He's still a top 10 at minimum top 15 player in the league. No doubt. No doubt. Now it's just keeping Anthony Davis healthy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, were you upset that he's going to spend the offseason um, playing with the, the Toon squad? No, I'll, I'll be okay with that. <laughs> you know, I'm fine. With I that. thought that was kind of funny when he did that. <laughs> Um, I thought that I don't know that I, th- I thought that was kind of funny. There was definitely like a portion of the internet that was like, "Oh, LeBron, like, no." Nah. Yeah, but I, I I thought that was kind of I thought that I was amused when he like was like putting a little Space Jam two reference in there. Exactly. Do you see the thirty for thirty like ad they put out where it was like a uh, thirty for thirty spoof and it's like the two squads interviewing about playing with LeBron and stuff like that. It's uh. It's worth the six minute watch, but okay, you know, I'll, I'll be in theaters, bro. Like I'll, I will see that. I went to the theater recently, totally off topic. Saw wow, quiet. How was it? Saw a quiet place too. Fucking awesome. It was great. Yeah, definitely one of those things you didn't realize you missed until you go back and then you're like, for sure, this was awesome. Yeah. Anyways, man. Um, do just want to kind of quick hit everybody else that's remaining. I mean, we got. Well, let's let's do this actually. Let's address a text you sent out like a couple weeks ago, shortly after the podcast, which is basically like, is there a twenty percent chance that the Nets will just yeah. demolish everybody and run the table moving forward? 
how much has that percentage increased since that since you sent that text? Um, well, RJ, that percentage has increased even just today. Um, yeah, it's close to 50 50, man. Like, it's really close to 50 50 right now. It, 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 and if if they sweep the Bucks, all bets are off at that point. Oh, my lord. I mean, we, you and I, and how much of this is us wanting nice things for Tyler, and how much of us is actually believing this? But like, we, I, we, we think the Sixers can. We think the Sixers can with them. Yeah, they, we think they can match up really well with them, assuming yeah. that Embiid is healthy, because nobody on the Nets could guard Embiid. We know that, and the Sixers got guys that they could throw at KD and Kyrie and James Harden. They actually have personnel. They don't score at all, but they got the personnel to slow them down. Uh, I'm going to say, but the Hawks have presented an interesting monkey wrench (laughs) in that equation. Oh, and the the Nets would absolutely dump on the Hawks. Oh my God. Yeah. So uh, right now, RJ, there's a 40% chance. It is double than what I had before. There's a 40% chance that the Nets. Who in the West could be the Nets? Who is the best chance of beating the Nets in the West? Yeah. Okay. This is a fun exercise. I like this. So thinking out loud, our four options are Phoenix, Denver, Utah, and the Clippers. Um, Weirdly, weirdly, I'm going to put the Clippers one. I was literally just thinking that actually. Yeah, weirdly, the most unreliable team left in the fucking playoffs. It definitely yeah. has the best chance in the West to beat the Nets. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't like this no, feeling at all. I hate it, but it makes sense. <laughs> like, it does add yeah. up. You got two perimeter defenders that can be thrown at either guy. I mean, Kawhi yesterday showed why he's, you know, Kawhi Leonard, two-time finals MVP. And... The Paul George at point guard situation, actually, I, I thought that looked actually really good. Uh, surprisingly, I wasn't expecting to like that as much. Like I said, they're the most untrustworthy team, though, and left in the playoffs. But I agree. Of all the teams in the West, they have they match up the best with them and would have the best chance to win. They have a coach that's won a championship. Yeah, no, it's doable. Yeah. Yeah, I have nothing to add. You, I think you just – grab that perfectly yeah and then after that probably be in theory utah i was gonna if denver had jamal murray sure yeah yeah i think utah would i don't know i don't know Phoenix might be more interesting just because book could go for like 50 or something like that. I, I was going to say Phoenix two, Utah three, Denver four, which yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I feel good about putting Denver four. Cause I like, okay, sure. Like Blake is going through his Blake Renaissance and the Blake Assance is something. The else, Blake Assance is here and Holy shit. it's really great. But like, couldn't Jokic like, isn't there, is there like a, like to go um 
Oh, like, um, there's a scenario. There's one scenario, like the Marvel universe. There's one scenario where like Jokic Is this shreds their game? front line. Yes. There's like <laughs> one scenario where Jokic just goes off in that series, right? Yeah. Sure. Of the 400 million simulations. Right. The exactly. one that they go in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know, man. I think uh, next time that we check in, I'm sure that ranking or that percentage is going to keep keep it's increasing. It's going to be higher. You it's know like, it is. It, they're like Thanos, man. They're inevitable. They are Thanos. They are inevitable. Uh, any other thoughts on round two of the games, round one, Coach K, anything else? <laughs> we need to have a whole podcast to talk about Coach K. Yeah, um, we do. Um, no, I'm just, just thinking ahead to like pods – we need to have a Coach K pod. We yeah. need to have a – we'll have a Space Jam 2 reaction pod. Oh, we'll absolutely. Have, um, we'll, we'll even have a watch party. Fuck it. We'll have a Space, <laughs> oh, a Space Jam 2 watch party. would be great. Yep. Um, we would have a – we were talking about this before. Um, we'd love to hear book suggestions from people. Yep. Um, we, a summer, we got the Kareem John Wooden one you're saying. That's a nominee. I'm open to others. I need to pick that up. All right. Yeah, so we're in our kind of our run of having games to talk about, but yeah, some of our best work is when we find <laughs> random things. Summa, summa, summa time. Yep, exactly, bro. Anyways, it's been another episode of the Shorts and Goggles podcast. RJ Liggins and Kevin Reed. You can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor FM, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Shorts Goggles Pod. We'll be back next week to go over some more games. Who knows? Maybe the Bucks will still be in the playoffs. Maybe they won't. We'll find out. But in the meantime, peace. Peace.